0: I initially, when um, I knew he was coming, you know, the first thought was I have to go back to Australia and, you know, that's a travel adventure over and back to conventional life. And then I suddenly thought, I was like, I don't live a conventional life. I can do whatever I want. So let's just see what happens. You know, the worst case, if this doesn't work out and it's not working, we go home.
1: Can you live a freedom lifestyle having a family? Well, A lot of the time the vibe I got was, no you can't, but that's not entirely true because here's Sophie and she's doing just that. She's traveling the world together with her little son. And she's also a minimalist living and traveling expert. And that was what really got me hooked in the first place because I heard from a friend from New Zealand that she has all her belongings in one suitcase. And that's what I find super impressive. So I'm super happy to talk to Sophie today. If you're into living your freedom and having a family, this show is for you, for sure. But also if you're needing some travel tips for traveling with children, especially on a plane, and if you're looking for some insights on traveling minimalist and not being attached to your belongings.
0: Sophie, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to do a podcast. I've never done one before. So um, yeah, super excited to be invited here. So thanks so much.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So this time I start with the rapid fire questions. What is it for you, summer or winter?
0: Oh, that's a real tough one because I love both Different reasons, but if it's winter, it has to be a proper winter with snow where I can go snowboarding. But then, obviously, mainly living in Australia, I love the Australian summers. Um, And growing up in the UK, um, not having um, like uh, good weather, I appreciate really good summers or good winters. So, I didn't really answer the question, I kind of did both. That's all right, that's totally okay.
1: (laughs) What's your favorite country to travel to, or which country really fascinates you?
0: Um, again, a really tough question. Canada is one of my favourites for the winters, but I'm very keen to get there for a summer one year as well. Um, It's just a beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful people. Um, It's got proper seasons, which I really miss. Um, Yeah, definitely Canada's got a lot going for it and it's just stunning, stunning place to be. Um, so probably Canada I'd say is probably my one of my favorite countries one of my favorite countries
1: cool I like that I've never been but I'm I'm super interested in going there one day and a person who inspired you lately and why did he or she inspire you
0: there's a guy on Facebook who um, like He's very inspiring, and in the the content that he puts out over social media that gets to people, I think, is really good. And it's it's lots of the principles and values that I really believe in already. Um, so I really love that um, he's inspiring other people to consider things a little bit differently. If that makes sense. Hmm.
1: Yes, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I like that. And do you have
1: like an ultimate freedom song?
0: Oh, again, I wonder if I can remember. I'm the worst with names for um, artists and albums and things. I can see what it looks like, the video, but I can't remember.
1: That's okay. If, if it crosses your mind later on, you can let me know and I can yes. still put it in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So you're traveling around a lot and there are two things that really, um, that really impress me with how you live your life. This is first that you can fit everything that you possess in one suitcase and you're living this free lifestyle, like traveling from one country to another, living here a few months, there a few months, and you're doing this not on your own, but with your child now. So this is pretty, pretty impressive and pretty amazing, I think. Now you've just gone back to the UK and you came from Portugal, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, so I've been traveling around for um, over two years now. Um, my son is almost nine months old. Um, yeah, and just back in the UK, um, so I was in Portugal for I think it was two months all up um, and knew that I kind of wanted to stay in uh, Europe for summer. Um, yeah, but. As I said before, I grew up in the UK, so I lived here until I was 20, and then I went backpacking around Australia and went and lived over there. Um, So I don't often come back to the UK. I only come back every few years, but I've been coming back a lot more recently. And I know that once I um, leave Europe, exit Europe, I'm probably not going to be back for a good few years again. So I thought, why not come back to the UK and spend more time with my friends that I've got here that I've had from since school. I've got some really great friendships here. My grandma's still here as well. So I'm going to organise a visit to go see her this weekend. And just, I, yeah, I enjoy my time a lot more in the UK. Um, it took me, I think, six years to come back one time because I, I didn't have many fond memories here from growing up here. And I've slowly started appreciating and loving the country a lot more and enjoying coming back and spending my time here. Yeah, so, yeah, UK this This part is part of my travels, but we're going to be heading off again um, in about a month. We're just waiting for a visa to come through. So we're just going to stay in the UK while we're waiting for that. And then hopefully when that comes through, head off. Sounds great. So what's your next stop? Can you tell us about it? Uh, Hopefully it's going to be Mexico next. And the visa we're waiting for is the US. Um, We're wanting to stay a bit longer. Like you can get a three month visa there. Um, typically um, but I'd like to stay there for six months so um, go back to Hawaii where I was a year ago I think it was about a year ago yeah it was about a year ago this time last year Um, made some really wonderful friends there and loved the way of life and the community um, and the lifestyle over there and just thought I'd love to um, yeah revisit there again um, before our travel starts slowing down um, and I strategically think obviously where I'm going to be in the world for you know kind of lining up the next step and especially now with a baby um, I'm thinking very strategically about the length of flights that I'm getting we did Canada to UK which I think was seven hours and that was the longest flight we've done so far Mexico's 10 hours and now he's much older it's definitely getting more challenging Um, and just being um, respectful for what he needs as well like he like I have to break up the flights and take breaks and things it's not fair to just expect him to be able to be okay with traveling all the time so I'm definitely mindful of that too
1: yeah yeah oh it totally seems to me like that that you're having that in mind and I just love what you said about yeah you have to be strategic about where you go next and when you do which country at what point and and also like season wise and
0: yeah um when I first started my travel two years ago um I well I still intuitively travel that's how I'd say I do my traveling but this last section of uh, the traveling that I'm doing for this year I've had to yeah be a bit strategic about where I'm going um, to make it make sense. There's no point flying, you know, all the way over to one side of the world, to then another side of the world. And, um, I'm getting a lot more conscious of, um, the flights I'm taking with the environment. Um, that's definitely coming up a lot in conversation of late. Um, and it's making me think a lot more about not taking flights unnecessarily. Um, obviously getting to Mexico, I can't just drive there. So a flight is needed to get there. Um, but yeah, with the seasons as well. Yeah. It's, I suppose that's probably the least thing that I enjoy with my travels is the organization of where to go next. (laughs) Once it's all organized and booked and you can just get there and you've kind of got um, that decided, it's great. But the Jenga part of slotting everything in and to work out with seasons is um, sometimes challenging. But, uh, yeah, you just got to decide where you want to be and be happy with where you are for the season. So I know I don't want to spend winter here in the UK and Europe, so I'll be getting out as soon as the weather starts changing (laughs) to somewhere warmer. And it works for our luggage as well. As you said before, um, all of my life is in our suitcase and we've got a medium-sized suitcase, a carry-on suitcase and my rucksack backpack with my laptop in it. That's it. Um, so we don't have a lot of space for warm clothes. So we can get it when we go to locations. I mean, obviously in the winter destinations, we'll, we'll go to a charity shop and get some things. But yeah, it's that's another reason why we stay in the warmer climates because you need a lot less things and it makes more sense.
1: Oh, I can totally relate to um, escaping European winter. <laughs> um, diving a bit more into traveling with a baby and your luggage because I think this This episode with you as a travel mom, I think it's super interesting for for a lot of people with children out there, so do you have any any secret strategies how to travel with a baby or a toddler?
0: Um, I'm definitely getting a lot more savvy with. Taking a plane with a baby. Like, I think we've done four flights now so far. And every time I'm tweaking it for how I can improve. Because um, obviously, traveling solo with a child is very difficult on a flight. So I want to say I, I got myself a little bum bag, fanny pack thing. And it was the best thing ever because I had everything I needed well, kind of everything I needed in a small bag to hand. And obviously, then having the baby on my lap. But so many people are shocked by yeah how little we travel with. And at the end of the day, I've got to carry it with a child. So I can't take everything with me. Um, And realizing they really don't need as much as we think they do. Funnily enough, when we were traveling back from um, Portugal to London, um, I was telling my friends about how we did the travel trip and how I entertained him. And his favorite thing in his pushchair is a spoon. So I give him a spoon and he's really happy with that. So you can buy all these expensive toys and things to put on their pram. Spoon! really happy he, his face lights up when he gets it i only give it to him when we absolutely need to um and just like whatever i've got to hand that you know makes a crunching noise or um is interesting and a lot of the time he's interested in things that he feels like he's not meant to have that aren't actually the toys um so just making making do with what you've got around you and I borrow lots of things um, and jump on Facebook marketplace when I go to new locations and grab a few bits that we possibly need. And generally, regardless of baby things, that's the way I shop now. Like if I personally need something myself and when it takes you more effort and time to locate and find something, a lot of the time you make do with it for a short amount of time and then you go, do I actually need this in the first place? Um, And half the time you don't. And you're like, uh, like there's lots of, there's so many things that you're marketed when you have children that you need, you have to have this latest thing. Um, And it's really designed in such a way that parents almost, you know, um, panic, that they're not being great parents if they don't have all these things for their children. (laughs) It's crazy. It's, it makes you yeah, I think it gives lots of new parents like high anxiety about all these things that they need to buy and spend their money on, and you know having a child is so expensive and it doesn't have to be like um, yeah they they they're happy with more engagement and um, uh, you know spending time with them and playing with them over you know giving them you know heaps of plastic crap toys and um yeah I've gone off on a tangent now but my tips for traveling with a baby yeah you need a lot less than you think you do absolutely um we're even uh, traveling with the cloth nappies um wow
1: that's pretty impressive
0: yeah um it's something that I knew I wanted to do um and at first I purchased all the pocket diapers. Um, and then when they, uh, these were all secondhand, by the way, when they arrived, I suddenly went, they're not going to fit in my case. am I going to do? So I researched other options and you can get these covers and then the liners. Um, and so that's what we do now. So that's a lot less in the size compared to the pocket ones. Okay. I
1: want to put that in the show notes as well because I can't really imagine now how it looks like. So yeah. Um yeah we can um, include that and I'll have a look on the internet later
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so the 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 nappies and diapers that we have will last us for around three days um and generally like we're staying in places long enough you know and always with washing machines. so yeah it, it can definitely make it work yeah there's still things in my case that I know we can get rid of um I'm kind of waiting for the right opportunity but the beauty of moving a lot, I think you can probably understand as well, is that every time you pack up your life, whether that's your moving house or packing up a suitcase and then you arrive at that destination and then you do that process again, you re- reevaluate the things that you have. So every time we move to a new destination, I'm going, did I use that and like recently? Did I actually need that? And a lot of the time I can let go of things again and just downsize and downsize and downsize. Obviously, when we go to different places, we may get some new things, um, you know, borrow things in certain locations. But a lot of the time we leave those things behind and just not being attached. I think the biggest thing is not being attached to your belongings in the first place. Um, I think that's the biggest issue for me, to be honest,
1: if it's okay that I jump in here. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm working on. And I guess that's why I'm so fascinated by you being able to travel with just two suitcases and a backpack. Right.
0: Yeah, and they're two small suitcases as well. Yeah. I purposely bought my suitcase, my big one, smaller than I wanted because you're always going to fill it.
1: <laughs> so good. That's so good. Always. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you don't you, – you never need as much as you take.
0: Yeah. yeah, and like I said before about borrowing, so I'm now in the UK and it's obviously a bit cooler um, and I'll borrow my friend's clothes or lots of them, um, they quite often have a bag of clothes that they want to take to the charity shop. I'm like, Oh, I'll have a quick rummage and just see if there's stuff I can borrow because I'm going to be here for a few weeks. Um, so it doesn't really matter. Like if it's a jumper or something to keep me warm, I don't really care what it looks like. Obviously to a point, I, you know, still want to look nice, but, um, if it's just for a couple of weeks, just to do the, the function of the clothing. Yeah. And perfectly fine and then obviously move on somewhere else but i think that's another reason why um you can become a lot less attached to your belongings if you're purchasing things second hand in the first place or if you're you know going to a charity shop and then, you know, if, if it's something that you no longer need, you can either pass it on to somebody else who perhaps will need it or um, I got a, got rid of a bag of baby clothes actually yesterday um, and I just put it on Facebook Marketplace for free and I just said it's for someone in need, someone who needs them. Um, and i much rather it goes to a place like that, um, someone who really like, you know, a bit of help in that department and then it's just paying it forward. Um, then you don't have any attachment to all of those clothes and those belongings and so then you're giving them away to somebody else who needs them
1: yeah such a freeing action right yeah absolutely one other thing about traveling with a baby so do you take any specific nutrition or food or because I know you take um those like natural supplements so yeah. is there something that you take for your son as well
0: yeah, so as part of um, the work that I do in the Health Style Emporium, I'm a coach in that group. Um, we've got a partner product um, that's a nutraceutical, um, and I take that every single day. Um, I've been doing that since, um, since I started, so it's almost coming up three years, I think, now, and I love it. Um, I, you know, especially all the traveling that we do, um, I remember, you know, years ago when i get flights i'd always get sick i'd always get sore throat or tonsillitis i was renowned for always getting and it's we- so easy to
1: get that because i remember like not being sick sick but getting a cold after every flight until maybe a couple of years ago because there's so much impact on your body just sitting on that plane for 10 hours
0: or more or No one ever feels great after a flight. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's not good for your body. And you're surrounded by um, people who sometimes are sick and, you know, they don't have um, time to clean the aeroplanes very well afterwards. So you're exposed to lots of things. So I love that, um, you know, I don't often get sick. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time I was sick. Long, long time ago good sign. yeah um yeah you've got to invest and um look after your body and in uh, taking those nutraceuticals every day I definitely feel like that's the health insurance for me um and are something that was safe for me to take while I was breastfeeding and while I was pregnant with bear um and I am still breastfeeding him now so I'm still really conscious about what I'm eating that I'm obviously passing down to him too so they're completely safe for him as well Um, I was going to say the next flight we're getting to Mexico will be a different way of flying because I've now introduced some solid foods for him. So um, all the flights thus far, um, he was exclusively breastfed, uh, which is super easy. I don't need to carry any bottles or like nothing. It's just my body and we're good to go. Whereas now I'm actually thinking ahead of how am I actually going to feed him on a flight because I'm doing baby led weaning. So we make a lot of mess when he eats. Um, so I think we'll have to probably figure out a more convenient option just for those flights, just to tie him over. So um, I'm still thinking of what I'm going to do. Um, so what did you say? Why? What, what do you do I, I didn't get it. Um, oh, we're, we're doing baby lead weaning. Okay. Explain that, please. So, For listeners like me yeah. who don't know about it. <laughs> I didn't know about it until I think I started talking to a friend about how I was going to start introducing solid foods to him. And they said, oh, that's baby lead weaning. I was like, oh, what's that? So I, I Googled it. Um, it's essentially, so rather than feeding bear, like packaged baby foods and with a spoon or, you know, uh, blended foods, I'm just giving him whole foods. So pretty much what I eat anyway, in, um, stick form so he can grab it and feed himself. So that's how it gets a bit messy because he's doing it all by himself and he's, um, instigating how much he eats. Uh, and yeah, so he's eating a lot of, um, fresh fruit and now some cooked vegetables, just roasted just pretty much whatever um i can make in a texture or form that he can chew he's only got two teeth um so whatever he can swallow um is good so uh yeah loving that way of feeding him and it's great for him you know for his motor skills and to um to do things by himself rather than just be spoon fed so that's my preferred method and uh, it works for us with traveling and with meal times he's eating what i'm eating to an extent we're still doing lots of mono meals to make sure that um it's introduced slowly um so his digestion um has a chance to um adjust um obviously um so yeah just taking it super slow so the flight to mexico i will need to think of a plan of how i can feed him on that without um, it being super messy so there may just be certain types of foods that i'll take instead and see if i can hand them to him he's very independent so he likes to do it himself (laughs) So you're also certified in plant-based
1: nutrition, is that right?
0: Yeah, I did the T. Colin Campbell course, which I really enjoyed.
1: Great. So we will include a link to your website or your Instagram and how people can reach out to you if there's anyone interested in this special art of feeding their baby. Yeah, absolutely, good? <laughs> absolutely. So um, let's shift gears a bit and talk about the motivation for your freedom lifestyle. I know we have to go back a few years, but that's always such an interesting part, I find, like talking to people and asking them about their why. Why did you start living this unconventional way? So what's
0: your story? Um, I suppose I have moved around a lot from the beginning already. Um, So as I said, I grew up in the UK until I was 20, And then I pretty much saved up my money and was like, right, I I need to do something with my life. I'm either going to learn to drive or I'm going to go traveling. And I decided luckily to go traveling um, and flew to Australia. I was just going to be there for six months and um, had no idea what to expect. And, uh, yeah, that completely changed my life. Um, I uh, just saw a completely different opportunity for me to live my life over there and be happy. I really wasn't happy in the U.K., and uh, like, as I said, I found it difficult to come back to the UK and actually enjoy my time here, which I now am grateful enough that I love coming back now. And I really love the friends that I have here still. I'm very grateful for them. Um, but yeah, my, my upbringing wasn't the best. Um, and I had a bit of a rocky start with my family life and my mum and dad. Um, and they actually passed away nine years ago now. Um, um my dad shortly after my mum. And um yeah, it really kind of made me realise like life is short. Um, you know, you've really got to uh enjoy every day. And um throughout my twenties, I really um I don't want to go too deep in this. It'll be a really long podcast, but I really was challenged through my upbringing. There's I was gonna say I've done a, a vlog on this section of my life, um, if anyone wants to go and check it out. But essentially, I really struggle with depression um, and eating disorders. And after my parents passed, it really got me focused on how I was living my life, um, you know, nutritionally, I suppose, um, and realized that I needed to make lots of changes because I was suffering from IBS. I'd had it for many years. I think I had it for almost 10 years and it was in my 20s. And I was like, this is just crazy. This is not health. This is not living. Um, You know, I should be in the prime of my life. And I'm, you know, in so much pain and just not enjoying it. And something's got to shift. Something's got to change. And so that's when I went down that um road of uh researching nutrition just becoming so much more aware of food come you know where food comes from and the the food industries and how much corruption there is and that's another big wormhole but um yeah so i love the the lifestyle that i lead today and it's something that i really am passionate about and i definitely want to pass down my values and my education to bear now um and you know make sure that he lives a really healthy happy life too um What was the beginning of the question? (laughs) (laughs) The motivation for your freedom lifestyle. So, so yeah, so essentially, you know, the, the core, my why is about living life, like actually living it, being happy, waking up and, you know, being happy with the life that I've chosen and life is short, you know, I was working, um, so in order to stay in Australia for um, all of those years, and now I've actually got my citizenship there. It took many years to get there. It actually took me 14 years to get my passport. Wow. Um, Yeah. um, And I'm one of these people that I'm like, I can't give up. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Um, And uh, That's
1: actually super interesting because um, a friend of mine who listened to, after listening to the first and the second episodes, she said, it's so interesting because – You make the decision, but then the work actually starts.
0: Yeah, when you kind of made that commitment, you stick to it and you figure out, you know, how to make it work, I suppose, around what you've decided as well. Um, Yeah, there was no plan B for me. Like I had to make it work. And especially for, you know, how far I came and with the suicide. Um, I just thought if I go back to the UK, I'm, I'm not going to live, I'm probably going to die anyway back there. So I need to survive and the survival instinct kicked in and that's why I didn't give up and got my um, passport in the end. But so part of the process was, um, uh, student visa. And so I studied electrical engineering, um, and actually worked in that field for many years. And, um, yeah, I had, you know, what people would say would be a, a good job, a respectable job. And, um, you know, uh, the pay was good and, but it just didn't fulfill me. I was just turning up and I literally was clock watching, you know, waiting for me to go home to then enjoy the country that I so love to live in. Um, and it just made me realize like, I'm going to be doing this, you know, and I looked at people in the industry and the business I was in, you know, who'd been there for 40 years. Um, yeah. So it's, it's something that I've got the qualification in now. I can always fall back on if I choose to, but it just doesn't light me up, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I really wanted to enjoy the lifestyle living in Australia. It's a beautiful country. I love it there, um, but wanted to find another way. And especially in this, you know, the time we're living in now, there are so many other options out there for, um, you know, getting out of the nine to five grind. Um, it doesn't have to be, The way and especially it's lots of unlearning, it's the way that we've been taught that, you know, when you go through school and you go through the educational system, you know, that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to go into a job and you'll sit there, you know, and do your work and you leave. Um, But that's actually one of the reasons why I don't want to put my son into school. I want to see what other options there are um, for, you know, broadening his lifestyle and vision for, um, you know, eventually when he grows up for what is available and what's possible And yeah, so, you know, having the freedom to travel, having the freedom to work from home, having the freedom to work the hours that I choose, these are all things that I wanted. And, you know, lots of people think is impossible, but it's not. You know, there's options for you out there. There's lots of um, streams of income and um, ways that you can go about it for sure. And I'm sure through your podcast that people listen to them, they'll hear lots of different stories of people of how they're doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope so, too. Do you have like tips how to make that switch
0: from nine to five to living a more freedom-filled life? Um, for me, I was just lucky that I um, I kind of stumbled across the business that I do now um, just through social media. I knew when I, I made a move up to the Gold Coast, or well, just south of the Gold Coast, actually still in New South Wales, that I didn't want to be working electrical engineering anymore because for me if, when I moved up there, my commute would be an hour and a half one way. Um, I want to find other options. And so I actually did a post on um, and wanted to find other options that more aligned with my values. And um, I yeah jumped on a vegan Facebook page and just said, I'm looking for work. Um, you know, if anyone hears of anything, let me know. And uh, yeah, I made friends with my uh, beautiful friend, Lozzie, who's in the business with me. And she, yeah, she just presented me with the opportunity and said, it may not be for you, but, you know, check it out. And uh, I already had the vision of, you know, working online um, from home. And yeah, it just all kind of seemed a little bit too good to be true. And I wasn't educated in the industry either. Um, And yeah, I'm so glad I said yes, though, because it's definitely um, changed my life and changed my uh, outlook. And there's so much personal development that's involved as well. So I've really loved that aspect, too. So you could say your passion led the way to
1: what you're doing now.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, and just having the open-mindedness in the first place um, to what possibilities there were out there. Obviously now, now I suppose I know, you know, a lot more of options um, being surrounded by a lot more people who are doing the things that we're doing. You're now hearing of, Oh, you can do this. And Oh, you can teach English online. And um, you know, that there's, it, it just continues to be expanded in my world of what is actually possible and available to you once you, I suppose, open your mind to getting that first step, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because um, probably the first step's always the hardest. My last podcast guest, um, Shona on episode five, she said something really true. She said, once she believed in herself and made that first step, like all the rest came kind of and I think that's really beautiful and she always she said before she always thought that she had to have a degree from a fancy school or do this certification or that certification and it's basically like you said you jumped into that business and you didn't have a certification but you probably had already part of that knowledge not through a training or through a certification but through the way you were living it already.
0: Absolutely that's i think again as i said it's the mindset of um traditional education and having qualifications to then be able to do jobs that's changing i definitely see that change now um, you know it's it's more about education and you know your knowledges and passion um you know much over a qualification of um you know but um you i just want to touch on what you said about believing in yourself and um you know, taking a chance and it being the change, like that is 100% where that comes from. You've got to kind of take a bit of a leap of faith and just go for it um, and just trust the process and trust that it's going to work itself out and um, all be okay and that everything happens for a reason um, for sure. Yeah, when I did that move up from Sydney to the Gold Coast, I had nothing lined up, I had no job lined up. Um, I just bought my first home. Uh, and it was a case of I have to make this work <laughs> so <laughs> I've got a massive driver behind me um, and just yeah. <laughs> just yeah just doing whatever I needed to do to make it happen and um, trusting the process and it was all good
1: What have you learned about living your freedom since Bear arrived? Do you
0: see your freedom differently nowadays? Um, Yeah 100% child changes things for sure Um, I initially, when, um, I knew he was coming, you know, the first thought was, I have to go back to Australia and, you know, that's a travel adventure over and back to conventional life. And then I suddenly thought, I was like, I don't live a conventional life. I can do whatever I want. So let's just see what happens. You know, the worst case, if this doesn't work out and it's not working, we go home. Um, so, I just thought we'll see for as long as it's working and as long as he's happy, obviously he's you know my massive priority um and he's happy with the changes um you know that most people are really conscious of with children they've got to have a routine and they've got to have one place that they live in, and I just wanted to see how he goes and see he, how he adapts and you know at any point when it's not working anymore, we just go home simple as and as for um like activities and things. I'm doing this as an independent parent and it's just the two of us. So that does make it challenging for if I personally want to go out and do it, if I want to go snowboarding or if I want to go to yoga and things like that, it definitely puts a handbrake on those things. Um, But for this period in our lives together, I'm happy to make that compromise and that sacrifice to be a mum for him Um, and, um, yeah, be a stay-at-home mum, which I love. And I'm really glad that I get to do that be his carer rather than putting him in childcare. I I don't think I would want that. Um so yeah the traveling aspect of things um they're they're the the main things I'd say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I love what you're saying
1: about it and that that you live your way as long as it works out and if you see that it affects your son you'd stop it and I think that's very beautiful because um, it shows the awareness, but also that you're not you're not restricting yourself by some ideas or something that might turn up or show up. But yeah, you just go with the flow and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, and um, the I was saying before about how my travel plans for this year are a bit more structured. Oh, they're structured around things that I've got going on for conferences and for work, um, but uh, they're also a bit more structured because of him um, and hmm. thinking, you know, where are where the places that he's actually going to get the most benefit and enjoy the most? So Mexico, um, we're purposely going to a community we're going to be involved in um, a sustainable project there, which I really am in, like interested in. So that's my interest. And then for him to be surrounded by people, we're not just going to a hotel room, just the two of us, and not knowing anyone. So that for me, I know is important for him. And there's another baby there as well, which we really cool. So I have a buddy to hang out with um and then going back to Hawaii again is for the community is for the people there and to be surrounded by children and other families and um, that's really important for me to know that I'm exposing him to those things that he's gonna love being there um, so it's not just about going to you know an island to sit on a beach like that kind of thing has changed now um, and yeah so it's it's more about, what things he's going to enjoy and get the most out of, and especially in his development years, uh, what's going to you know, set himself up really well um, over going somewhere because I want to go snowboarding and go to the beach.
1: Hmm. You mentioning community, um, I like that, because when I look at your Insta stories or um, your pictures, I see you're surrounded by friends. They're like family and community. And I think that's so cool, like raising your child first in an unconventional way by traveling and living in many places but then also by having this other kind of family educating him in that way by raising him that way
0: yeah like i have family all over the globe um (laughs) there yeah i'm so lucky for the friends and adoptive families that i have um where you know all over the place and it makes me like really happy to know that eventually when Bear's old enough to go travelling by himself, you can go visit all these people because I'd love to see him. Um, So I've definitely built, um, yeah, a community all over the globe, which is really lovely. And I love, um, you know, when I've made special connections with people, it's to maintain those relationships. Like I haven't lived in the UK for, you know, 14 years and I've still got amazing friends here that I really love and appreciate because I've maintained those relationships. And I've really, I suppose, noticed that when I left the UK, um i not so much it was completely my responsibility but i needed to make sure i invested time in maintaining those relationships because i was the one who left um and i suppose that's the same for everywhere else in the world i know that it's my lifestyle that's probably a little bit different that we're not always in places forever so it's maintaining those relationships wherever we go so yeah so i love that yeah we've got lots of adoptive families everywhere
1: let's talk a bit about structure because you said you you're living or you're you're planning your travels way more than before and you're having a bit more structure in your life so how do you um, manage having a child traveling and having your online business is it something that flows or did you put in place new techniques or strategies to make it work (laughs)
0: Um, It's definitely, I think any parent will know it evolves and adapts, um, especially for the beginning years. I I have no idea what I've got to expect for the next lot of years, but I'm just kind of living what's now. Um, It's constantly changing. Um, You think you've got something nailed and then it changes and then you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think when I first um, had Bear, I was like, oh, take a couple of weeks off work. And I didn't because I love what I do. And I kind of got back into it within two weeks because when they're newborn, it's easy. They sleep a lot and they eat a lot and that's it. Um, So it was very easy for me to kind of maintain what I was doing over the last few months um, while I was in Portugal. It was a real struggle. Um, He's not been sleeping well. He's teething. So, it's been a real challenge to kind of stick to my structure of working in the evening. So, I typically work in the evening when he's asleep, um, stay up late um, to get as much work done as I could with that opportunity of time, and then enjoy the days with him. I want to be a present parent, I don't want to be on my phone all the time. Um, So, I was really. When
1: did you sleep?
0: Well, that's the thing. So since the sleep hasn't been happening, I haven't been sleeping much. So I had to actually call it and take time off work and cut my social media for, I think, at least a week I did. I just was like, I can't do this. I'm so tired. Um, I was even hallucinating one night. and I was like, this is not good. I want to be a really great parent. I'm right now. I'm not being a great parent because I'm trying to do too much and I can't do everything myself. So, um, No, no.
1: And yeah. just, just for the listeners, um, so while we're recording this interview, your son's napping, right?
0: He is right now and he's doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. The The daytimes are great. we love daytimes. He's happy. You know, naps are good. Just nighttimes haven't been as awesome. Um, I don't have the child that sleeps through the night yet. I'm really envious of the parents who do, but it's, it's not forever. I've just got to remember that this is just a period in his life that, um, well, yeah, it not so much will be over soon, but, um, they grow so fast, like I can't believe he's almost nine months already. So I've just got to be patient. Becoming a parent teaches you to be patient mm. um, and call it when things aren't working, and knowing what my priorities are. So I'm so lucky in the industry that I'm in that you know those periods of months where I wasn't able to get much work done, I had to take time off work and shut down my social media. Um, I was still getting paid. I was still getting paid my residual income and that makes me love the business model and the business structure that I'm in That in those times where you have to take a step back. Um, You know, I'm still in that position where I've still got some kind of income coming in, which I'm really lucky about. So um, right now I'm just kind of adjusting when I'm able to get a bit more work done with his sleep. So I'm going to bed earlier at the moment. So I was staying up until midnight working, but when he's been getting up at like several times throughout the night and then perhaps getting up at 4.30 a.m., I was like, I can't do this. So, um, yeah, perhaps if I wasn't talking to you right now during his nap, I'd be getting some work done. So I essentially work when he sleeps. So as soon as he sleeps better, I'll be doing more work. (laughs) Again, it's being um, smart with the time that I have. Um, and setting those boundaries and being okay with that, and knowing that this is going to be, you know, an ebbs and flows journey with me now with having a baby. Um, whereas before, I had a lot more time on my hands and probably wasn't being as productive with my time, I bet you. So it's, it means that, yeah, the small amount of time that I have available to spend on my business, I'm much more efficient with what I do. And I've still got much to learn, I can be way more efficient too.
1: So tell us a little bit more about your business so that people listening understand what you're doing and maybe also how many hours a week do you work roughly?
0: That will change obviously depending on what I've got available right now but I essentially was working, I'm probably doing part-time hours um, and a little bit less than that right now because essentially I'm a full-time mum with yeah, part-time work hours. So when I do have free time, I am working on my business in the evenings and that's important for me, but I take weekends off. So I still have a life. Um, but yeah, I, um, work with a group or a company called babes and business. Um, and so I kind of explain like I've got a split business So on one side of things. I am coaching people to do exactly what I do to, um, find the the freedom to work online themselves and learn how to do that. So, like when I first started three years ago, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. But it's kind of an apprenticeship. You kind of learn on the go. You don't need qualifications to start. You just need, I suppose, a bit of support. And we've got a really amazing. Um, uh, blueprint training system now, which wasn't available when I first started. So it's really, um, yeah, a great place to start if you're wanting to, um, yeah, learn how to work online. You don't have to work online. It's just obviously a great place to start these days, and it's a convenient place to do it from home. Yeah, so that's essentially one side of things that I do, and then the other side is um, taking my clients through the Health Style Emporium holistic health program that I'm involved in. So. That is a program that has been designed by many different health professionals. So all of the coaches that are within the Health Style Emporium, people like me, you know, I'm passionate about veganism and, you know, plant based health. But um, there's other people who are certified in life coaching or personal trainers, um, you know, dietitians, nutritionists. And so all of those resources from them um you know is plugged into our program essentially so it covers all bases um, and it's all from the beauty from home so it's all online so that program um it's constantly growing and evolving we have um, educational webinars and topics on every month and yeah that our clients get access to the nutraceutical product that we've partnered up with that we were talking about earlier Um, yeah so they're all kind of bundles together and, um, yeah, forms the the business structure for, yeah, how we're available to present it online and then, you know, also have a business online too. So the
1: second part will be like holistic lifestyle coaching. Could you sum it up like that?
0: Yeah. So um, inside the Emporium there's, um, there's a whole bunch of recipes. Um, the education part, I suppose, is my favourite because it's not like a you know a weight loss program or a quick fix fad. It's really about making sustainable um, choices to create a different healthy lifestyle for you. And I suppose for me, I did that by myself. You know, when with my parents what happened, and then learning about nutrition and really getting passionate and involved in it, and changing my lifestyle choices over those years. So it's a, a program that I think has been going on for maybe four years, maybe a little bit more. And we still got clients in there from the very beginning, which is amazing. Um, And it's just about really teaching everybody in there, you know, um, the better choices and, you know, getting through the, I want to say the bullshit of, you know, what people think is health. Um, So many people I speak to um, or see, you know, around the world think they're doing the right thing because they're, um, you know, they're going into the supermarket and they're buying the healthy option um but not really option
1: cereal you mean
0: oh i know <laughs> but, but that that's why people get so confused because there's so many you know things that they're told that you know these are the healthy options and it's all just horrible marketing <laughs> 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 and when you start realizing that and realizing that real food is food that comes from the ground or from a tree you know that's what you should be eating um yeah it really opens your eyes to the horror waters in supermarkets. Um, they're not where you should be buying your food from, let's just say that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I myself have been through a radical dietary change, so I, I completely changed what I eat and how I eat. A few years ago, I started cooking from scratch, and I can't imagine like living how I did 10 years ago. And at that point in my life, it didn't feel like I was eating crap. I thought I was living reasonably healthy, yeah. but looking back, I wasn't. I, I was buying all this packaged food, and probably way too eating way too much pastry and and bread, and just all these sandwiches and stuff. They, well, yeah. So no wonder I I developed this gluten intolerance and and other things. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And so many people, uh, you know, tired or, you know, they're having gluten intolerances and, you know, these symptoms for things and they just think that's normal. And, you know, when you actually get healthy and you start feeling great, like I used to drink coffee. I don't drink coffee anymore. I don't need it. Um, Wow.
1: That's, that's another really impressive thing. I didn't know that about you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I've gone like someone called it 270 instead of straight 180 I'm 270 like I completely flip my life around from what I eat consume I don't um, consume alcohol either um I'm very um, conscious about what I'm putting into my body I definitely have a treat every now and then I've got some um I call it my kryptonite these vegan vego bars they're my favorite and I enjoy them when I have them but I don't have them very often Um, but just, you know, on a daily basis, being really conscious what I'm putting into my body, because it's your fuel, you know, um, you wouldn't put the crappiest petrol into Ferrari, you know, when you know how much its value is yet we treat our bodies so poorly Mm. and our most important vehicle in our life. Um, so I think when you, when you get your head around that fact and really want to live a healthy life, you know, then when you when you start feeling healthy, you're like, wow, how did I ever get through life before? It's nuts. So you, you quit the coffee. What other
1: things, what were your most like the most life-changing things that you did food wise?
0: Food wise. um, Well, obviously cutting out all animal products and dairy. Dairy is a massive one. And so yeah, the coffee, coffee, I just, I I still enjoy the taste of coffee and the smell I love, but I didn't like how it made me feel. And I hated that I needed it to start my day good. I didn't like that I needed to rely on something like that to um, to kick my day off. And it, it was a, a false pretense anyway. It kind of gave you a bit of a, you know, wake up for a bit and then you crash later in the afternoon anyway. Um, so yeah, I like that when I consciously made the decision to stop drinking coffee and the more healthy I became and the more um, good food I was putting in my body, the more sensitive I actually came to crappy things. So if I was to have a coffee now, I would feel it. I would feel the the sensation of the jittery and almost a kind of sicky feeling. Uh, whereas before when I was consuming lots of coffee, you didn't, you didn't feel anything anymore. You kind of just got used to it. Um, and alcohol as well, just getting that out of my diet and realizing that it's A poison essentially that you're putting into your body. And then the reasons for why I was drinking in the first place and really coming to terms with facing that. So is food a driver for your freedom? Would you say so? Um, I suppose essentially, yeah. um, Because I'm respecting my body and what I'm putting into my body um, and making that a priority, um, you know, to, yeah, live the life that aligns with me now. And that is one of my top values, um, yeah, living a healthy life and lifestyle. Great.
1: Awesome. So I have one final question about motivation. So do you have a key tip or a motivational line for anyone who would like to include more
0: freedom in their life? Motivational tip. Um, I want to say don't wait for the perfect time. There is no such thing as a perfect time. You've just got to do it. Take that leap of faith, take that scary leap of faith and just do it. Um, and know that nothing's permanent. So, you know, if you're scared to make that change, um, you know, and it doesn't work out, you can just, you can easily slot back into the life that you had before. That, that's, I suppose, the, why many people don't change and don't take the leap is that they're sticking with their comfort zone, what's easy, um, and what's, um, what's the safe option, if that makes sense.
1: You always have your old life as a fallback option.
0: Always, always. <laughs> always going to be there um but I definitely feel like I'm living so much more because I'm um not so much taking risks as such but I am living more intuitively for what where I need to be right now in that moment uh rather than just kind of plodding through life I'm so glad I'm not where I was um you know even five years ago um you know because like I said Things have changed in my life. I've now got my son accompanying me on my journey. And at any moment where it's not working out for us anymore, we just go back. We just go back home. Simple as.
1: Live intuitively and in the moment. I love that. That's great. Closing words. Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for sharing everything so openly. Um, I really, really appreciate that.
0: You're most welcome. Um, yeah, I really hope that... Um, yeah it inspires other people to yeah take that leap of faith and know that so many things are possible out there in this world and um yeah you just got to kind of get out there take the risk and do it thank you you're welcome
1: thanks so much for listening we hope you got some good insights out of it and if you did please forward the podcast to friends and family and people who could benefit from it and also If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating if you feel inspired. This would really help the health of this podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much and until next time.